two has quickly arrived and we are here to break it all down for you on today's episode of the fantasy football fellas podcast. Welcome in Lucas Wenzel, Cameron Lawrence, Tyler Plath, all three fellas hanging out with you uh, this morning. I'll say this morning because you're going to listen to this episode on Thursday morning before Thursday night football. We're going to break down the best and worst matchups ahead of week two. Play a little game of fellas pick them at the end. But first, if you're not subscribed to the podcast already, hey, make sure you do that. Leave us a nice little review. We greatly appreciate it. And if you're watching on YouTube, hello there. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up. Literally content every single day. FF fellas on Twitter, the FF fellas on Instagram, fantasy football fellas, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Fellas, how are we feeling about going into week two? How are we feeling about week one? Week one in one word and how we feel going into week two. I lost a game in week one by 0.02 points. So I'm still recovering from that, but I'm looking forward to the future. I recorded. That was more than one word. Excuse you. Yeah, geez. Um, oh, I just tuned you out completely. Um, <laughs> I'm not fantastic. <laughs> brutal, brutal, disgusting. That's my word. Disgusting. I'm eager. I am eager. <laughs> eager. Because we had a lot of things happen in week one that we need to see if they're actually real or not going into week two. So let's break it all down for the people. Let's discuss the best and worst matchups ahead of week two. Alrighty, if you tuned into last week's episode, you know we start by breaking down the best matchups and then the worst matchups. We'll do it around the horn style here. We will start with the best running back matchups for week one. Cameron, who is your pick for your best running back matchup? It was a, It's actually my worst running back matchup from last week. It's the Patriots. Um, they're taking on the Dolphins this week. The Dolphins gave up 234 rushing yards on 40 carries at 5.8 yards a carry and three touchdowns to the chargers in a game where it was like i think it was 36 34 so in a shootout they still gave up 234 yards and if new england wants any chance of staying in this game they're gonna have to try to find a way to control the clock to slow the game down keep that offense off the field because no matter how good that new england off or defense plays tyreek Tua and jill and waddle are gonna find a way to put up points uh, Ramondre last week was extremely inefficient against the Eagles, but he's a guy who averaged just shy of five yards per carry on the season last year. So I think that efficiency is going to come back up in this matchup. And I really like Ramondre. I looking at, if you looked at his fantasy points, you're like, Oh man, Zeke must've cut into it, but he did see 73% of snaps last, um, last week. So he did play quite a bit in this backfield. So I think Ramondre has got a fantastic matchup and again, would not be, would not be starting Zeke unless you literally have no other option, but yeah, Ramondre has got a great match against the Dolphins. Yeah. And that's, and that's a good thing to remind people is that, Hey, just because we're talking about these matchups, some of them are going to be like, well, duh, Ramondre Stevenson, of course he's in my lineup. Well, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Of course he's in your lineup. We're not talking about start sit specifically. We might highlight a few players that, Hey, might be deep sleepers last week. We talked about like a Rashid Shahid last week, mm-hmm. 19 fancy points last week. I'll pat myself on the back for, for that one. But like these, these are the things we talk about though. Like we'll, we'll start the obvious players like Chris Olave in that same instance, Chris Olave was an obvious start. But Chris Olave also went for 19 plus fantasy points, right? So all of that to say, we're just highlighting the matchups where players could have big weeks, could have top 10 weeks, uh, or once you get to the worst matchups, players who you might want to lower your expectations on, though it might not mean you actually set them. This is Mm -hmm. merely meant to highlight good matchups, bad matchups. What does that mean for your expectations going into the week? Ty, I'll move it over to you. Who is your favorite running back matchup this week? If I'm not mistaken, it's also my worst matchup from last week. It's the Bills. And uh, this one, this is mainly about James Cook because uh, Latavius Murray outsnapped Damian Harris, which is, oh, sh- uh, I think a lot of people looked at Damian Harris as a nice late round sleeper pick, at least a nice little depth piece. And, uh, not a not a great look out of the gate for Damian Harris, but back to James Cook. Um, look against the Jets, uh, he, he was a little under four yards per carry, 
And if I'm not mistaken, it was like 12 carries, 46 yards. So like not the worst, but not the best. It was pretty middle of the road, but it was better than I expected against the Jets. Um, But four receptions on six targets for James Cook. That's awesome. That was the part that I was concerned about was how much receiving work was he going to get against the Jets? Four receptions, six targets is plenty for me. So look, you take a look at the backfield. It's a 60-40 split, which you're when you hear that, you're like, eh, that's not the best. But when you look at the 40% and you see that it's really split between two guys, so it's a 60-20-20 split, James Cook is the guy in the backfield. Okay, the, Latavius Murray is not a threat. Damian Harris is not a threat. It is James Cook's backfield. So we should see some better efficiency this week with a receiving floor like we saw last week. Um, he's a solid running back too this week for me. And I like him better than guys like Najee Harris. I like him better than guys like Alexander Madison, Javante Williams, even. I just think James Cook is a, uh, a solid, a solidified piece in your lineups this week. Uh, I, I don't want to take a victory lap on James Cook because we know week one victory laps are, are way too premature, but like it, it, people who were reporting out of Buffalo saying this was James Cook's backfield. Those are those are starting to come true. That that's actually a, a real thing that's coming to fruition here. Cameron, what are your what are your thoughts on the Bills backfield after week one? Yeah, I I agree. It was just promising to see that Cook was the clear starter in this backfield, right? Um, you know, we were worried uh Damian Harris taking I think Damian Harris will still take some of the and Latavius Murray will switch off in in the in goal line situations. But James Cook was the clear lead back. And, you know, this Ravers, <clears throat> excuse me, this Ra- Raiders, wow, I want to say Ravens, but this Raiders team gave up 52 yards on 13 carries to Javante Williams last year. And the Broncos passing in attack wasn't exactly great by any means. So I think with a better passing attack out of Josh Allen in a rebound game, I think, I think that should open things up for Cook on the ground. 100% agree. I'm excited for James Cook. If I'm a James Cook manager, I'm excited to see the snap shares. I'm excited to see that he was the lead back there and that really he's going to lose out on goal line opportunities, but nobody was ever expecting James Cook to be a goal line guy. We were just hoping it would be his backfield, and we are indeed getting that. Speaking of guys whose backfield should be their own, my favorite running back uh, match of the week. Uh, how about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Chicago Bears? Now, I get it. Tampa was actually, or not Tampa, Chicago was fairly good against the run last week. AJ Dillon was horribly inefficient, but Aaron Jones just went rampant. And I understand some of that was in the receiving game, but you, you look at Rashad white, honestly, wasn't great against Minnesota Vikings, but I do think that bears are a better matchup for him to get back on track in week two. The bears, the bears in general were just insanely uninspiring week one. Tampa's defense, like better than better than I think it probably showed last week. I mean, they kept it a 2017 ball game, and I the Minnesota Vikings offense is how much better do we think it is than the Chicago Bears offense? Quite a bit. Yeah, it's a lot better, but it didn't really show. But yeah, it's better. <laughs> I but right, right. But that's what part of that I will credit Tampa Bay's defense for. Granted, Kirk Cousins' bad pick in the red zone, but again. All that to say, like, I think this Tampa defense could actually give Chicago's offense some problems. Uh, so favorable game script for Tampa Bay. I don't think we'll see Baker Mayfield hucking it around the yard as much as we did. He'll probably be closer to, you know, 28, 29 pass attempts than the 35 plus that he was or 34. I believe he was at. And I think we just get a good little game from Rashad White here. It's going to be nothing special. I don't think we're going to see Rashad White go for 120 rushing yards or anything. But even if we see Rashad White. 75 yards on the ground, another 30, 40 through the air, maybe on a handful of receptions. I think that's totally in the cards for Rashad White. Get the ball into your playmaker's hands. They're just not going to need to throw the ball as much in this game. Uh, I I really do like uh, Rashad White as, as like a mid running back to this week. How worried are you about his inefficiency, though? Because that is the thing that worries me about Rashad White. How much how much do you credit the Vikings? How much do you discredit Rashad White? So my problem is this is what we saw last year from Rashad White. This carried over. Yes. Um, he was wildly inefficient. Leonard Fournette was also wildly inefficient. So, you know, how much is that is the scheme? How much of that is the offensive line? So I think that's all going to kind of be part of it. It will be concerning if 
we come to week four, I don't think it's as concerning right now after one week, but if we get week four and all of a sudden Sean Tucker's starting to come in and look, you know, put it just, you know, five, four and a half yards of carry and Rashad White still at like 3.7, then it become a little concerning, but I don't think it's going to get that bad this season. You still have to respect Rashad White in the passing game though, too. That's the, that's the thing that's going to keep him on the field. And that at least gives the opportunity for a guy like Rashad White to maybe make up for the lack of efficiency and in, in the, the fantasy points that come from that. He can make up for it in the receiving game. And, and we've said this before, Baker Mayfield last year was the king of checkdowns. He checked the ball down at the highest rate. And it we didn't see that in I maybe once or twice against the Vikings, but I have to think that we're going to see that more often as the weeks go on, as teams start to dial up more blitz. I shouldn't say dial up more blitzes because Minnesota blitz the crap out of Tampa, but more pressure gets to Baker. The more checkdowns we'll see. And it should be Rashad white on the field in those situations. Then, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point is that I'm not trying to draw too many conclusions out of week one. Like, yes, I did see a pattern from last year, continuing with Rashad white, but the week one isn't the say I'll be all of, of what this mm-hmm. offense is going to be throughout the season. So I'm still willing to, to push my chips in on Rashad white, especially in a matchup where I think Tampa Bay's offensive line outmatches Chicago's defensive line. Uh, and if we saw Aaron Jones get it done through the air, I think we could see Rashad white get it done through the air as well. Let's move on to the best wide receiver matchups of the week. Uh, Cameron. So I'll, I'll have you kick us off here. Your best wide receiver matchup ahead of week two. Yeah, we targeted this defense last week, and this might be a theme, you know, for the entire season. But we going back against the Titans with the Chargers wide receivers, you know, they were a bad secondary last year, and they got sliced up for 8.6 yards per attempt by Derek Carr and the Saints um, last week. And to be honest, this Chargers def- secondary didn't look amazing either, although I, you got to give credit where credit's due to the Dolphins offense as well. Um, you know, obviously the Titans are going to be a different team, but I do think that you know, the defense might be weak enough that the Titans can at least keep it interesting and keep the um, Chargers throwing the ball on this one. So, you know, Keenan Allen's a first sure start, nine targets last week, six six receptions. Um, he was the clear number one. And I think I would find a way to get Mike Williams in my lineup as well this week. Um, he got knocked out for a little bit with a head injury. Um, it was just a fluky thing. I don't know if you guys saw. He just got jammed at the oh, line. Um, well, that wasn't even really jammed. I mean, the guy put his helmet just, right in his chin. Oh. Yeah, and so that's not going to happen again this week. He's going to be back out there. And when he was out there, he was the definite wide receiver, too, on this team. Um, and so I think his role is pretty well established. So I would I would find a way to get both of them in your lineup. And, you know, this offense is still going to be working out the kinks a little bit on um, going, you know, after week one. New, new offense coordinator trying to figure it all out. And especially if Eckler's, you know, missing time with an ankle injury, then they're really going to have to rely on the passing game. I just real quick. I just want to take a fellas victory lap on this one. Who do you guys think was the wide receiver three for the Chargers? Not Quinn Johnston. I'll tell you. (laughs) Not Quinn Johnston, baby. Not Quinn Johnston. But yeah, you were just talking about Chargers receivers, and I thought it was worth mentioning. (laughs) I mean, but but uh, the Chargers. I'm surprised. Like none of us are going to talk about the Titans wide receivers because let's be honest. The Titans or the Chargers secondary didn't look all that great last week mm-hmm. either. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, to attack of Iloa, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, much different animals than Ryan Tannehill, DeAndre Hopkins, and Traylon Burks. But like, this is a game where we'll see. Is the Miami Dolphins offense that good? Or is the Chargers secondary still just as bad as it was last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll see what Ryan Tannehill and DeAndre Hopkins do. But this is a game where, again, the, the Titans were willing to abandon the run last week to favor the pass. Uh, and if they do that against the Chargers, you know, this could this could be a little bit of a back and forth game where we see Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, both get, you know, 17, 18 fantasy points in this game. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. So, yeah, they, they are by far the best wide receiver matchup going into week two. tie over to you now. Your favorite wide receiver. I mean, this is this is just a brutal one, but it's the truth, unfortunately. It's the truth. It's the low-hanging fruit. Uh, Philly wide receivers need to be started and held in high regard for this week going up against the Vikings. And yeah, like no duh. 
like you're starting AJ Brown, you're starting Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith. I almost said Devontae Adams. That could have been bad. That would have um, been lethal. Thing. That would have been really bad. It would have torn you apart. <laughs> um, again, you should be expecting like the most out of both of these guys this week after both are targeted 10 times by Jalen Hurts against the Patriots last week. And Devontae Smith came through and scored a touchdown on, on some of those targets. So, um, Look, the, the the takeaway here is that Minnesota just chokes harder against Philly than Izzy Adesanya did against Sean Strickland. Okay. Oh, they now just in the MMA references in here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now we're crossing sports. We are crossing sports. God, it's never good when Minnesota goes to Philly. Okay. And like I think a lot of people forget that last year there were some things that happened in the game uh that if they went Minnesota's way probably could have been a much closer game. Like do you guys remember when Irv Smith is wide open down the sideline and he just drops (laughs) a bucket from, from, from Kirk, like that goes, you know, if he catches that, it's a completely different game. Right. But the thing is it's the Minnesota fan in me that is just preparing for the worst. Okay. And expecting the worst, honestly, because I'm, I'm sorry. When I when you guys go back to last year, Eagle Steelers, AJ Brown has what like six catches, 156 yards, three touchdowns. That that's a that's a very good possibility of happening this week against Minnesota for at least AJ Brown. So again, start you're, you're starting both no matter what, but just expect the most because the most is within the range of outcomes for both of these guys. I mean, these Minnesota cornerbacks are just so young and inexperienced outside of Byron Murphy. It like it's it, it's just tough to watch this. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith could just have a field day. Now I don't know. My my only it, it's a good matchup. Now my only thing is that are the Eagles going to get up? You know, like they did on the Patriots. You know, eighteen nil in the first two quarters, and all of a sudden, you know, they're burning clock. You know, the Vikings could work their way back into it. You know, like we saw the Patriots do. They work their way back into it. They're forced to throw the ball a little bit more. My only concern is that, yeah, they, they can just get a jump on the Vikings. This could be, what, a 38-6 to six game like we saw back in the NFC Championship uh, before the years of Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a possibility, but, I mean, they, they could just have an absolute field day against Minnesota Vikings on Thursday Night Football. Uh, primetime Kirk under the lights. Uh, I'll pass. I'll pass. This could be the Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Tavonta Smith show uh, against these these poor, poor, innocent <laughs> Vikings quarterbacks. Uh, I'll move on to my my favorite wide receiver matchup of the week. I really shouldn't have to explain too much on this one. Uh, I'll take the Miami Dolphins wide receivers against the New England Patriots secondary. Uh, we saw last week the the Patriots kept themselves in the game, but AJ Brown, Devonta Smith still both went for 15 plus fantasy points, and the Eagles were actually playing ahead. You know, most of that game they got up that huge jump right away. Uh, Patriots started working their way back into it, but ultimately. Uh, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith still went for 15 plus really. I don't, I didn't even have to give you that context. I could have probably just said Tyreek Hill and just left it at that uh, because this Miami Dolphins offense is they're going to want to make a statement in, in the AFC East here, the bills and the jets went head to head. Somehow the bills managed to lose. So I don't know how they lost to Zach Wilson, but they did. They're looking to make a statement on this division. So what do you think they want to do? They want to walk right into Foxborough and just put a whooping on the Patriots. And how do you do that? Come in there and you just attack, attack, attack with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle across the middle. Defenses can't keep up with these two. You could have you could have two elite cornerbacks. They're not going to be able to keep up with these two. It is impossible. So the Patriots' 11th most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers in week one. It's typically not a smash play, but... Man, in a divisional matchup with the Dolphins, where they're looking to come on make a statement after what we just saw them do to the Los Angeles Chargers secondary, which again, like Derwin James isn't a bad player. All these guys, JC Jackson, not a bad player, but they got absolutely demolished by Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle last week. So uh, I I am loving them against the New England Patriots this week. Here's my question. Yeah, someone in your league right now offers you their Justin Jefferson for your Tyreek Hill. Are you taking that deal? No, because I don't I don't overreact to studs like that after one week. Okay. Well, we'll regress to the mean eventually. Like Tyreek Hill is going to be great. So will Justin Jefferson the entire season. But especially going into their week two matchup, no, I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. 
All right, all right. I will. I will. Uh, I will hold on to my Tyree kill for at least one more week. What would you do, Ty? You can't, Ty. You can't skip that question. I, I, I wouldn't do it because, again, like you said, as we regress back to the mean, it's more lateral than it is like getting an advantage over the other person. You would and, have to go and, back and forth trading those two, right? Like, it, save your breath, save your time. <laughs> Don't take that. All right, as we wrap out the best matchups here, uh, let's talk about some quarterback uh, tight end streamers here. You both chose a quarterback. I chose a tight end. Cameron, who's the quarterback you're looking to stream this week? Uh, if for whatever reason you had Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback, uh, who are you looking to stream this week? I mean, rest in peace, Aaron Rodgers. I shouldn't say rest in peace, but like on his season this year. I mean, he, well, what, what, was his quote? what was his quote? Um, The darkness is, or the day is darkest before or the dawn. The, or, the, <laughs> the night is darkest before the dawn. I will rise again. There it is. Batman. Oh, Batman. Just in Aaron Rodgers fashion. Anyways, if for whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers was your starting quarterback. Now you're Aaron Rodgers less for the rest of the season. Uh, who are you looking to stream this week? I am going to kind of mix tie in minds together a little bit because I just realized we're taking two quarterbacks who are both playing in the same game. And I so can't. I think it's we not can, a bad one. I think we can talk about this um, uh, kind of back and forth a little bit. I'm taking Geno Smith against the Lions. Um, you know, obviously week one was really disappointing, but if you remember the game last year, I'll let Ty share those stats. I know he's got them. He's got them down of what it looked like last year. Um, it was a shootout and I think JSN's got a game under his belt. I think he's starting to get back. And so you give him JSN, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf against a Lions team that's going to put up points as well. I think I think this could be another real high-scoring game. And if you remember last year, Geno averaged 250 yards and almost two touchdowns a game or was about 18 fantasy points. So I think that's going to be closer um, to what we can expect. And I think he could definitely exceed that this week in what should be a high-scoring game uh, against the Lions. Go for it, Ty. You can just jump right into yours then. Uh, since oh. you, you two, yeah, you two are choosing two quarterbacks in the same matchup. Yeah, my my quarterback is uh, Jared Goff. And uh, last year in that same shootout game, Jared Goff went for 378, four touchdowns and a pick, which was good for the quarterback one overall that week. And uh, you, you you brought up the, the 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 score of the game. It was 48 to 45. <laughs> 93 combined points. Okay. There's little to no reason to uh, expect anything less than 40 combined points. I'll say that like the, the total, the, the current over under right now on the point total is 47. It's second highest behind behind Jacksonville and Kansas city. Smash the over. Okay. Smash the over. If I was a betting expert, but um. Seriously, like if Matt Stafford in the Rams without Cooper Cup can tear apart the Seattle defense, imagine what Detroit's gonna do, man. It's <laughs> it's gonna be a fun game to watch. I think you you know you got Aaron Rodgers, or if you don't trust Daniel Jones after last week or something like that, like two very viable options in Jared Goff and Geno Smith. Since you two are talking quarterbacks, I you know what? Maybe this just needs to be the bit every week. You two take the quarterbacks. I'll talk the tight ends because Five you know I love talking a good sure? tight end in fantasy football. <laughs> you know I love talking a good tight end in fantasy football. If for whatever reason you're without a starting tight end this week, if you had a Greg Dulcich starting at your tight end, I actually did in a dynasty league. Uh, if for whatever reason we are missing tight ends again this week, you ready for this go-to guy? How about Luke Musgrave? Boo. No, you missed me with that. <laughs> I think he could be a nice little streamer this week. You ready for this? Week one, Luke Musgrave led all tight ends with 72 air yards. His eight dot, 18 yards. Average depth of target was 18 yards. He went three for 50. I'm uh, that's encouraging to me. And you look at uh Hayden Hurst in week one as well against um the Atlanta Falcons, who the Green Bay Packers draw this week, right? Uh, eight targets of tight ends, six receptions there. You got Christian Watson, who is coming back from injury potentially. I, has he been? Well, what's his practice report been this week? I haven't been keeping up on that. I have to I check. Will, yeah, I'll check while you keep talking. Uh, I mean, I assume he's going to play this week. It's assumed that he's going to play this week. But I mean, you get AJ Terrell on the outside. You get Jeff Akuda there as well. Like this could be just an over the middle Luke Musgrave show today. Keep it easy for Jordan Love or on Sunday. Keep it easy for Jordan Love. Uh, if you need a flyer this week, Luke Musgrave might be your guy with how they've been using him downfield. I, I think he could be a solid streamer 
against the Falcons this week. You had a confirmation on that practice report yet? Why every team tweets out an injury report and the Packers didn't. I don't understand. They're, They're just trying to hide a poorly else. run organization. There it is. Um, that is not our bias kicking in. We'll take a quick break <laughs> while Ty pulls up that report to go ahead and hear. Oh, he's got it, right? Let's go. Let's hear it. Christian Watson did not participate as of Wednesday practices with his hamstring injury. There we go. Luke Musgrave is your streamer tight end of the week when you hear this Thursday morning. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with our worst matchups ahead of week one. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Now, we love Underdog. It is the easiest place to play best ball formats, and they even have their own form of player props called Pick'em. You can make up to 20 times your money on a single night by correlating props together. Two picks will triple your money, three will six times it, four will ten times it, and five plays that all hit will multiply your entry by 20. You can even place insurance on your picks too, so if only four of your five props hit, you still get ten times your entry. And if you use our code FELLAS when signing up, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. Alrighty, we are back. Ooh. We're going to discuss the worst matchups ahead of week two. Now, Cameron, your first worst running back matchup ahead of week two. It's the commanders running backs against the Denver Broncos. The question about Denver coming to this year, um, it even before last year was never their defense, right? We knew Denver had a solid defense and last week they held the Raiders and Josh Jacobs to 2.1 yards per carry. The rushing leader from last year, Josh Jacobs, mind you. And so that's 61 yards on 29 attempts. And the commanders also don't have a great passing attack, right? They, you know, the I think it's going to continue to improve. It's going to be better than what we saw last week. But this is no world-beating uh, passing attack where Denver is going to have to spread out um, and they don't have to worry. They aren't going to be able to stack the box at all. And Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson are not known for their efficiency. I shared a stat with you guys earlier that Brian Robinson has only gone over four yards per carry in three of his 13 games so far, right? This dude is, he is just a volume machine. And last week he got 19 attempts. He had 19 carries, which I think was top six um, in the NFL last week. And he had 59 yards. He didn't even hit this mark last week against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are terrible. And he didn't hit it. So I I just have no faith in him figuring it out this week. And after what we saw from Antonio Gibson last week, you better not be t- putting him anywhere near a, a fantasy lineup. In fact, you probably almost drop him um, in your pro- I I would drop him. Um, and so, yeah, I would not be touching either of these commanders running backs this week. They're just so uninspiring. I can't believe that Ron Rivera didn't do something about it this mm-hmm. offseason. Like they're <laughs> all right. Brian Robinson, three yards of carry here, 20 touches. Here you go. <laughs> In what world does that make sense? Um, I I don't hate that. I'm, I am just not a fan of Brian Robinson's efficiency, a fan of the volume he gets, but efficiency wise, I don't think we can always mm-hmm. bank on the volume being there. Like you said, Antonio Gibson was probably the least inspiring running back of last week, which was extremely disappointing considering many people in the community were in on him as the uh, next sleeper potential value. Well, I mean, yeah, we want to go back <laughs> three years. Uh, yeah, I may or may not have fallen for that bit. But uh, any, <laughs> Ty, I, anything you want to add on Commanders running backs? Um, <clears throat> you know what's what's the saying? Uh, Fool me once, uh, I'm blanking on it. Shame and on that, you. Yeah, fool me. Fool you can't me get twice. fooled again if you're talking George Bush. Well, no, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on. Shame on me. Shame on me. Oh yeah, my I mean, gosh. You guys, we'll, I know guys, these we need to stop <laughs> recording, restart the whole thing. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, that's exactly that. It fits perfectly with Antonio Gibson. Like, we, this is what year three of this now. Mm-hmm. And why <laughs> people, we, yeah, we're done giving chances to Antonio Gibson. So <laughs> it's, it's like you said, Lucas, it's uninspiring. This backfield is just disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They are the definition of mid. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like they're terrible. Like, they're like they're fine. They do they do their job. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly mid. 
Yeah, no cap, bro. We need that as a sound bit. Mid. I'll kick it over to you. Your least favorite running back matchup this week. Don't break my heart with this one, though. I mean, my heart's already shattered into pieces. Oh, I'm gonna stop. Like, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. You should because this is spot on analysis. It is. It's it's the Rams running backs against the Niners, and there there's some part of people. You look at Kyron Williams and you're like, well, he's the lead back. So like he could probably maybe find his way into your lineup. No, (laughs) not this week, not against the 49ers. Okay. Uh, Do you want to know how good the 49ers run defense is? Insanely good. Insanely good. It made Pittsburgh only run the ball nine times. And when you think running the football, you think of Pittsburgh, like Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh completely just abandoned the run. So this Niners defense miles better than Seattle. And uh, I don't trust the Rams offensive line against the Niners. I just don't. And uh, I looked back over some history just because this is a divisional matchup. How many rushing yards do you think the 49ers have allowed against the Rams over the last four games on a per game basis? 42. 37. Um, 96. That's a little low. 50. 50. <laughs> the most in a single game was 48. Oh, by Cam Akers. And he, he, need, he needed, uh, what was it? It was, oh, 13 carries, I think it was. Probably. He probably <laughs> needed 40 carries to get to 48 yards. Yeah. The next highest, you ready for this one? This is a blast from the past. 43 yards on, I believe, 21 carries. From Sony Michelle. Yeah. Oh, we love some Sony on the pod. The the Rams just have no answer for the 49ers defense when it comes to the run game. Don't don't put either of these guys in your lineup on it. Like I try not to be so definitive when it comes to like certs and sits, unless like you have to be. This is one where you have to be. Don't they should not be anywhere near your lineups this week. I think that brings up an interesting point, though, now. So Kyron Williams was a very popular waiver stash this week or waiver stash, waiver wire ad this week. So a lot of people are going to add him, and they're probably going to say, oh, crap, so really sucks this week. I, I agree. I don't see how in the world the Rams are going to have any success against this 49ers um, run defense this week. The question I want to ask off of that, though, is, like, let's look ahead a week because we know these players are going to suck, like, are you still keeping Kyron Williams after this week? Is he just going to end up being a waste of a, a waiver wire pickup after this week? Cause people are like, man, I really wasted a waiver priority on a guy who gave me two points this week. Like what, like what are you doing with Kyron Williams? Like is like you, you just have to hold on to him, right? Like this is something that people really didn't talk about ahead of waivers. They're just excited to add the guys who get all the points. And then it's like, wait, actually Kyron Williams has an absolute trash matchup this week. No, you you absolutely hold on to Kyron Williams, but the but you need I you would you would need to reconsider if there's a drastic change in snap counts and usage between the two guys. Like if all of a sudden it goes all back to Cam Akers, then it's then we're going to debate. But if if it stays the same as it was last week, where Kyron Williams is is the is the lead back, then you hold on to him for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yep. I just want to add Kyron Williams doubled Cam Akers' snap count last week. I know Cam Akers led in rush attempts, but Kyron Williams doubled his snap counts. He was the only one that ran routes. Cam Akers ran four Justin. routes the entire game. And then I do want to add, I don't know if you guys heard Trent Williams' quote today, but he said that he was cheering for the Pittsburgh offense in their last game because they didn't oh, get no. enough breaks, and he wanted them to do something better than get third and outs. So that is what the Rams have to look forward to this week <laughs> is a offense that is cheering for their defense to screw up at least one time so they can get longer than a 30-second break on the sideline. Oh, <laughs> That's so that's that's like next level trash. There is like, there is nothing more demoralizing than that. Than an offensive player saying, I was cheering for you guys, and you guys still couldn't do it. <laughs> that's the perfect summation of why you should be despising the the Rams running backs uh against the 49ers. Uh I'm gonna take a look at uh, their running backs that were incredibly uninspiring week one that oh went up against the 49ers defense last week. 
I don't want to touch the Steelers' backfield with a 10-foot pole against the Cleveland Browns. Now, I get it. The 49ers are better defense than the Cleveland Browns, but not only did they look bad last week, but they, they draw another tough matchup with the Browns this week. Zadarius Smith, I think we're underrating how big of an addition he was to this defense. I mean, he is great at closing up holes that are created by the, the opposing offensive line. He is great at getting to the spots. I mean, big loss from the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, we loved him here during his time in Minnesota. But in Cleveland now, my goodness, he is fitting in perfectly into, into that defense. They allowed the, the Cleveland Browns allowed less than 100 total yards to running backs last week, 75 on the ground, and I believe 18 through the air. So if you're expecting Najee Harris, oh, he has passing game upside. I actually don't think he has any passing upside this week. And typically, these AFC North matchups are like grudge matches in the trenches. They just go back and forth, pounding each other with the run. The problem is Cleveland's ready for that. Their run defense is superior to the Pittsburgh Steelers' run defense. I do not trust Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, especially Najee Harris with how inefficient he's been for his career. I don't trust them to put up any sort of fantasy-relevant numbers this year. And like, yes, they ran the ball only nine times against against the, the 49ers because they got shot out so bad. But I'm worried about that happening again this week. Like, I don't think the Steelers are going to come back in, or the, the Browns, excuse me, are going to come back and, you know, put up points on points on points and you know, get up to a big 20, 21 nil jump right away. But at the same time, what if Najee and Jalen Warren split seven and 10, let's say, and Najee averages three yards carry? He gets one reception for 10 yards. That That's not even sniffing the top 30 running backs. So mm-hmm. I absolutely despise the Steelers running backs. This is what I was absolutely terrified of. This is why I have zero shares of Najee Harris this year. Yeah, I agree. I, are you done? Sorry. I just I'm done. Yeah, I, I just I'm completely done. jumped in. I was like, oh, no, I'm done. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, I, they, they're going to suck this week. I don't like Najee Harris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is Najee Harris a sick candidate this week? I so uh, Ooh. I, I I'm putting out a video. I'll ask the question. Week. I'm putting out I'll a video later question. this week, and I don't want to hint at it, but he might be my uh, sit of the week. I don't. I he's so uninspiring. He thrives on volume. If he's in a bad matchup yes. and doesn't get the volume, Najee is going to give you a dud. So yeah. now watch. Now that I'm so passionate about this, now no, she's going for you know 30 plus this week. So uh, you can no. fully expect that. Now he that is I a laid out the argument of why I'm like out 100 on Najee Harris this week. But <laughs> he is a volume merchant, touchdown dependent running back who is barely going to see 50 percent of snaps every single game moving forward. He played 52 percent of snaps last week, and that's what it's going to be like moving forward. I I agree. I I'm very out on Najee Harris. I if if you have him, I would try moving for another running back too at this point. <sighs> Cam said the M word about Najee. I was. <laughs> I mean, I, I, he's not wrong though. Get what you can for Najee Harris until his value just plummets. So he'll, real he'll quick. get a good matchup along the way and he'll restore his value. But like, I until he gets a good matchup, I don't want to. I don't want to think about looking at him. He I, look RB twenty two consensus for us on the week. He's barely scraping RB two numbers, and frankly, I could probably move him lower if I really wanted to. I I probably could. I don't think I'm going to, but. Like, he's my running back 22 on the week. Running back 22 consensus for all three of us. So, like, is Najee Harris, like, Derrick Henry level merchant? Or is he more like, okay, let's move on. Let's move on. (laughs) Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. He's more like Uh, Brian Robinson level merchant. That's where he's at right now. (laughs) Uh, Cam, let's kick it back to you. Let's talk about our our least favorite wide receiver matchups for the week. Yeah, I picked the Jets against the Cowboys. And I know this one's a little bit of of a cop-out, but somebody, somebody had to do it. I mean, this is, if we saw what the Cowboys did last week, and it was tough. And now they get Zach Wilson. And I'm not a huge Danny Dimes fan, but I'm even less of a Zach Wilson fan when it comes to good quarterbacks. And so I think this could be a really rough go of it. Um, and Garrett Wilson, I do think, you know, last year we saw him finish as a wide receiver 21. I do think he does have top 15 upside still this season. I think maybe he even could crack the top 12, but he is going to be very volatile. And when he gets a matchup like the Cowboys, it's going to be the bad type of volatile where you're just not very happy. I do think that you still have to start Garrett Wilson this week, begrudgingly having to start him. And you better not be touching any other Jets pass catcher. Um, You you know, I'm better not even be looking at them, look in their direction. They might not even be worth having on your team anymore. But Yeah. yeah, I would just be, I would just be 
looking at Garrett Wilson more like my wide receiver three this week than anything. Uh, is it bad that I was looking in our in our dynasty league? And now that I have Michael Pittman on my team, I was considering uh, him over Garrett Wilson this week. It's bad that you weren't considering trading him to me. That's where <laughs> that, that was was awful. No, I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong at all. I mean, Michael Pittman has the Texans, right? I, right. I know they played well against the Ravens last week, but man, we're talking about. I mean, Zay had a good day. Yeah. And and he's going to be like, you look at some of Michael Pittman's targets last week. I mean, that's, that's how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's similar usage to not, I shouldn't say similar usage to Zay Flowers, but yeah, Michael Pittman's touchdown was, was a, was a screen catch and run. It wasn't, it wasn't anything special. It wasn't a downfield pass or, you know, spectacular play. It was just yards after the catch, just like Zay Jones was or uh, Zay Flowers, excuse me. So I, I, I'm still going to start Garrett Wilson, but I a hundred percent agree. You really got to tamper your expectations against the Cowboys there. Ty, do you, your least favorite wide receiver matchup? Um, I hate to keep ragging on the Steelers, but Steelers <laughs> wide receivers against the bear uh, Browns is uh, not a good matchup either. Uh, last four games, because it's another divisional game. Um, the Browns have allowed 124 receiving yards. Uh, two Steeler receivers per game. Not great. And uh, you know who just got injured on the Steelers? Cam's Deontay Johnson. <laughs> One of Cam's flag plants. Yeah, Deontay Johnson. So That's now, so now you're left with George Pickens. Okay, Allen Robinson, who had a decent little showing last week, and Kelvin Austin. Uh, not great, not good, not good at all. Okay, so don't get cute with this. Don't try to overthink it. Be like, well, there's you know, George Pickens now gets the wide receiver one role, sure, but that doesn't guarantee fantasy production just by having the wide receiver one role. So when you look at these three wide receivers, Pickens is like the only one that should sniff your lineup. And I would say he's a risky bet because he's getting either Denzel Ward or Greg Newsom in a now better Browns uh, defense uh, that allowed 142 yards last week. So I would look elsewhere. If you're a George Pickens owner like myself, um, you're kind of screwed if you don't have backup options because you may have to play him. Um but if you have the ability to not play George Pickens and you can play someone else, do it. But what about perfect passer rating? Can you pick it in the preseason? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I had to throw it in. I, I, I absolutely, I absolutely love how, how people hype that up. Oh, this dealer's offense going to be great. Ah, tough match. I mean, well, one. One total yard of offense in, in the first quarter. It would have been good if Deontay didn't get hurt. Oh, right, right. Your flag plant would have made the difference. Right, exactly. Hey, I am happy to say I have added Allen Robinson to two different fantasy rosters. I mean, Disgusting. Like, Golly. Sneaky, sneaky little stash. We'll see if he uh, oh, can, stop can, it. can run it back. Hey, he has sneaky little stash. Yes, he A is, deeply. baby. Deep, no. deep league. Yes. Yeah. How league. deep are we talking then? We're talking like 25 man roster. <laughs> 12 man. <laughs> Benches five deep. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not talking your standard, your standard 12 man leagues. We're talking deep, like like let, let let's go ahead. Like we'll dive in a little bit of dynasty talk. Like, like I would have Allen Robinson in a deep 12 or 25 man roster. I'm not if talking I didn't have dynasty. any other options. <laughs> I was what? talking a redraft league. <laughs> Well, redraft still. No, if he's on your wave wire in Dynasty, I'd add him. Yeah, I added him a redraft. I think he's right. gonna have value if Deontay Johnson's out. Yeah, no, re- redraft. I really want nothing to do with him. Oh well, I do, but I think he's gonna have value for a little bit. Oh, you were talking. Oh gosh, I, I was talking about redraft. I wasn't. I wasn't. Talking oh, about we Dynasty. need to move on. We need to move on. <laughs> oh my goodness. Same with my chest puffed up for the rest of the episode. Yeah, you go ahead and do that. You sold the parlay last week. Uh, I won't talk about that. So did Ty. <laughs> <You're, laughs> my my least favorite wide receiver matchup this week. Why don't, why don't I just piss everybody off on this episode? Uh, Atlanta Falcons wide receivers against the Green Bay Packers. 
<laughs> Ty doesn't want to hear anything of it. Look, my like again, like you know how I could break down my my wide receiver matchup of the week into just like Tyreek Hill. I could probably break this one down into Arthur Smith, and that's all I need to tell you. How Drake London cardio workout of the year last week? My goodness, ninety plus percent of snaps. Ty, how many uh, how many targets did he draw? I'll kick the dirt in your wound a little bit, make you answer that question. Oh, look at that! We tweeted something out. Yeah, we did, but you didn't answer my question. Wait to <laughs> wait to slide my question. Wait, you asked me a question. Yeah, I asked you a question. How many targets did Drake London draw last week? Even though he saw ninety plus percent of the snaps. Sorry, my ear. I I threw my earbuds too hard. They're they're cutting out now. He had one uh, target. Fine, he had one target. One target. <laughs> Target last we've week. got him and rattled <laughs> we got him rattled and now he now he draws Jair Alexander this week no he the doesn't Green Bay Packers. and we thought okay we thought we thought the Chicago Bears defense or offense excuse me would take a leap forward this year but they they looked bad against Green Bay in their home opener now let me ask you this who would you rather have Justin Fields or Desmond Ritter Justin your answer can be neither <laughs> that's an acceptable answer I think it's pretty clearly Justin Fields. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want either. And Arthur Smith, why would Arthur Smith want to expose Desmond Ritter in this game? He has no need to. So Matt Collins, he's not even sniffing your roster. Drake London, this is more of like a Drake London thing than anything else. I I just want nothing to do with Drake London, man. I, I, I don't like the matchup for him this week. I don't think Arthur Smith wants to go out and expose Desmond Ritter if he doesn't have to. He will gladly allow Desmond Ritter to just keep checking it down to B. John Robinson the entire game if that's what he wants to do. So I am, again, OUT on Falcons wide receivers this week and maybe more specifically Drake London. I agree. Fine. It's a, it's a solid take. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap out the episode here. Uh, with, uh, I, I, we need to find a better name for this segment, but let, let, let's just transition. Alrighty. Quick recap of last week. The fellas pick up. We had Chris Godwin, 56 and a half receiving yards. Jameer Gibbs. So yeah, 30 and a half last week. Is that what we locked in? I locked in Travis Etienne, 56 and a half rushing yards. Unfortunately, mine was the only one to hit. The other two went under their projected totals, but that's okay. We're bouncing back. We're bouncing back this week. Let's go around the horn. Let's build. Let's build another six times entry pick them. This is all on underdog fantasies where we're pulling our projections from. You can use the promo code fellas to sign up. If you're a first time, uh, first time registrant, they're going to give you a, a free square. They're going to give you a mystery free square. Now, I can tell you ahead of Thursday night football, it's going to be Jalen Hurts for week two. It's actually going to be Joe Burrow and a free square. They're going to give you half a total yard for that player. All you have to do is gain one yard and you win. That's all you have. That's it. Uh, you just have to pair it with literally any other projection they have. If both of them hit, you win. That's it. So we're going to build an entry that will six times our entry. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll tack a little, uh, we'll tack a little Joe Burrow on, on top of it as well, since that is the free square for the people this week. So, uh, typically, t- technically, this will 10 times our entry by the time we have that borough free square. But Cameron, I'll have you start here. Who do you want to submit as your entry into the fellas pick em stuff this week? I'm the only one in listening to my own advice. So I'm going to take Brian Robinson lower than 59 and a half rushing yards. He had 59 last week with 19 carries against the Cardinals and a 62% snapshot. I don't think it gets better this week, even if he has more carries. So I am taking the lower than 59 and a half rushing yards. Lock it in, Brian Robinson, lower than 59 and a half rushing yards. That's entry number one. Ty, over to you. Who are you going to put in the Pella's pick'em slip this week? Joe Burrow's teammate, Jamar Chase. So Burrow will hit after he makes his first completion to Jamar Chase. Uh, I'm taking him higher than 78 and a half receiving yards in Jamar's career versus the Ravens. He the averages seven and a half receptions on 11 and a half targets for 115 yards, half a touchdown. Uh, it's a bounce back game for the Bengals in their home opener in a much better weather situation. I think that's an easy, easy one. Jamar Chase, 78 and a half receiving yards. This one's bouncing around all over the place too. Started off at 80 and a half when I saw it earlier today, down to 76 and a half. 
now back up to 78 and a half. So yeah, this will bounce around all over the place. You might want to go lock that in sooner rather than later before they potentially up that to, you know, 80 plus receiving yards. All right. My leg of the entry. I'm also going with a wide receiver here. Calvin Ridley higher than 67 and a half receiving yards. This is, this feels free. Uh, over under for the Kansas city chiefs, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars game. 51 and a half highest point project, highest projected point total of the week. Ridley already went for 101 versus Indianapolis. Uh, they allowed uh, the chiefs that is allowed the eighth most receiving yards to wide receivers in week one. He is very clearly the wide receiver one here in Jacksonville. That feels free to me in a game. That's going to be high scoring. I will gladly take the higher on Calvin Ridley, 67 and a half receiving yards. I like that. So we'll, we'll run it back. Ryan Robinson under 59 and a half Jamar chase over lower, lower, excuse me, lower than 59 and a half. I was doing so good. Lower (laughs) than 59 and a half rushing yards. Jamar chase higher than 78 and a half receiving yards. Calvin Ridley higher than 67 and a half receiving yards. Uh, and hey, if you pair those with that Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts free space, if you get in before Thursday Night Football, they're going to give you a Jalen Hurts free space. Um, Promo code fellows will give you access to that. Mm-hmm. Not only will you get that free square, but you'll also get your first deposit match up to $100. 10 times your entry if you pair all four of those together. Anything we want to add before we wrap up, fellas? Keep fighting the good fight. Oh. <laughs> it's been a while since we've heard that there's nothing else we need to add on top of that thanks for tuning in if you're not subscribed to the podcast already make sure you do that uh leave us leave us a nice little review greatly appreciate that we're so appreciative of your support over there we see you in the youtube comments as well if you're watching over there we're so grateful for your support all the kind comments that you've left us in previous videos on this video as well uh, if you're not subscribed to the channel make sure you do that turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when all of our new episodes are up every single day we're going to be posting like two TikTok, two shorts a day, excuse me, not TikToks, two shorts per day. We have a YouTube video coming three days a week. We have a podcast coming twice a week. We have so much content on YouTube. So turn on those notifications and make sure you subscribe to the channel. I'm at Lucas Wenzel on Twitter, Cam Law, FFF Cameron, Tyler underscore blast for Tyler. We will see you all next week after the end of week two so we can recap the entire thing. We'll see you then. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.